1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. A huge night of Premiership action ahead with Rangers travelling to Kilmarnock and Celtic taking on Dundee and Edinburgh Derby as well as Motherwell take on Livingston and Aberdeen face St Johnston. Also VAR drama last night as Ross County draw with St Mirren. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Jim Duffy and Hugh Keevans. What a fantastic night of football. I need Jim Duffy here to keep me calm. This is a night where there is no margin for error. Celtic at home to Dundee they must keep pace with Rangers they must win Rangers they must keep up their momentum when they go to Kilmarnock people say the synthetic surface will make a difference I'm not so sure Aberdeen against St Johnson you've now got Neil Warnock the Aberdeen manager denying that he's here for a holiday and finally an Edinburgh derby of great significance hearts on the rebound from a 5 nothing battering from Rangers at the weekend at home to Hibs, the team that they beat at Easter Road the last time the sides met. Yeah, uh, normally in the Scottish football calendar, a Hearts-Hibs derby would be one of the biggest games of the season, the one that everyone would be talking about. In this part of the world, there probably know too many people actually too bothered about it, Andrew. Uh, the big games are obviously at Celtic Park, as Hugh said, against Dundee. I saw Dundee at the weekend. They were very poor, actually, although they've had a fantastic season under uh, Tony Doherty and Celtic scoring those uh, two extra-time goals, or sorry, injury-time goals, uh, to give them all three points against Motherwell. And, you know, we hear time and time again when Rangers do the commander, all, the pitch always seems to get mentioned. They have to go over that psychological barrier. If they do that, their forum, the quality of football that they're playing should be good enough to, make, to, to get all three points and keep them at top of the league. Yeah, a huge night for all concerned. Every single game has a huge impact on the league table with around 11 games to go. So give us a call, 0141 951 1025. I don't think we'll get team news for around another 30 minutes or so. So... I mean, you're the manager. You can tell us for that next 30 minutes who plays for your team tonight. Who do you not want to see play? Give us a call. Same number, 01419511025. And as always, if you're heading to the game, we'd love to hear from you as well. And of course, St Mirren fans, we'll get on to that a bit later. There was some VAR drama, but plenty of big games tonight to look forward to. First of all, let's not hang about. Let's go out to the grounds and start speaking to the guys. Let's go to Rugby Park. First of all, Gabriel Antoniazzi looking ahead to that one. Good evening from a miserable Celtic Park, Andrew. The rain is lashing down here. The weather similar to many Celtic fans' attitude to the way their team are playing at the moment. Yes, the defending champions are unbeaten in 11, but they required a last-minute winner to edge past Motherwell just a few days ago, keeping them two points behind league leaders Rangers. A nine-point swing in recent months. It's not what any supporter inside this stadium wants to see. And their home form has not been to their usual standard either. In their last five league games here at Parkhead have only produced three wins and only once have they won by more than a one-goal margin. As Hugh said, the mission tonight is to not let Rangers get any further in front. It's been a tough week for manager Brendan Rodgers off the field as well. He'll hope his side can start to turn the tide in the title race this evening 
with a convincing victory. In terms of team news, we're about half an hour away, but Mike Navrotsky is out. He picked up an injury at the weekend. Cameron Carter-Vickers is likely to start after returning from his absence a few days ago. Could expect Adam Eder to come in as well. A match-winning performance off the subs bench at the weekend. The question is, and this is perhaps a wider question as well, instead of just one for tonight, where does it leave Kyogo in Rogers' plans? He's not been at his best this campaign, only nine league goals. He had 27 last season. Will Rogers go two up top? Kyogo just off the target man, Eder. Or will it be an extra midfielder with one of the two forwards on the bench? Only time will tell. Of course, it's Dundee coming down to Glasgow this evening. They've lost three of their last five. But with just seven games to go before the split, they need every point they can get to remain in the top half. That would represent a remarkable return to the top flight. They are in sixth place at the moment. One criticism of Tony Doherty's side is that they've been well below their best in the games against Glasgow's big two so far this season. In the meetings against Celtic, there was one on Boxing Day. It was a second half showing that ended up in a 3-0 victory. Victor, uh, victory for the Hoops. 2-0 back here in September as well for Celtic. Dundee have not won here since 2001. Could that change this evening? Dundee will feel now is as good a time as they'll have to get a shot at the defending champions. The referee is Matthew McDermott. The VAR is Ewan Anderson. I'll bring you team news when it comes at half past. I tell you what, I was so excited for all the action today. Yeah. Get the stadiums mixed up. Of <laughs> course, Gabriel was at Celtic Park. They are looking ahead to Celtic against Dundee. I suppose the big question for Celtic fans, well, there'll be plenty regarding team news, but it'll be what Celtic side turn up because first half against yeah. Motherwell, not great at all, but they managed to get the job done in the end. Can Will they be buoyed by, by that late drama? Well, they have to be because they were looking at disaster uh, until... Uh, Ida got onto the park and scored twice and Louis Palmer wrapped things up later on. Um, the one consistent thing about Celtic since football resumed after the winter break is that they have been inconsistent. Uh, every game, league and cup, every game, you could make a case for Celtic uh, having played poorly. Um, they've got out of jail. Uh, Joe Hart saved them at Pataudry when it was 1-1 had a great save from Graham Shinney in the dying minutes of the game uh, Joe Hart was outstanding as well at uh, Easter Road Celtic got a penalty uh, right at the death to give them a 2-1 win another big night for Adam Eder they have not been convincing in any game home or away since football resumed and tonight against a Dundee side not impressive of late Celtic surely have a performance and a convincing result in them for the fans there has been a bit of anxiety around the place at Celtic Park in the last couple of games is that on the players to excite the fans from early on and, and get a quick start yeah, absolutely uh, I think that uh, you hear Brendan Rodgers time after time talking about the intensity the tempo you know playing playing uh, you know you know quick Football, we say that even at the weekend, shorter passes, but doing it quicker, moving uh, the opposition around. Um, Celtic have been too laboured in a lot of their performances, home and away, as she has mentioned there. Uh, managed to get the job done at the weekend with a, a much better second half performance, but they really have to take the, 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 the game with the scruff of the neck from the first whistle tonight to get the fans behind them, to get them on side, to show that, um, that they are going to be, you know, fighting tooth and nail to retain um, the, the title. The, you know, Rangers, um, as, as, as uh, Hugh said there, they're 
alongside Hearts up until the weekend there, the most consistent side. Celtic are inconsistent, so they need to find consistency. But this is the perfect time to do it. If you can start now and find that consistency, then there is a real title challenge on. But they, they can't afford any more mediocre performances. Well, one of the other big games tonight, Kilmarnock against Rangers. Fraser Wishart looking ahead to that one. Yeah, and really looking ahead to this one, Andrew, as you said, I think it's going to be a fantastic game. Pretty calm and quiet here for now as the league leaders Rangers come to Rugby Park. The only sounds the rain battering off the roof of the stand. Conditions not great, but at least no wind, although I should say it's so far because you never know down here whether the wind will get up. But I don't think there'll be too many complaints about the pitch being sticky tonight and looking at dark clouds around the stadium. I think we went in for a bit more rain. But of course, come kick off, the noise will be so different when fans of both clubs fill the four stands and both sets of fans will come here full of contest. Their team can pick up the three points. All the talk is about Rangers' great run since Felix Clement took over. But Derek McInnes' side has only lost once and that was in, at Ibrox. Uh, and, and the games since the start of December so a fantastic run for them that's taken them into fourth place and in pole position for a European place next season but Derek will know they have to kick on but Philip Clemel will not have to warn his players about Kilmarnock I think you mentioned earlier the first game of the season Rangers lost here and Celtic have lost a couple of times as well and as we approach the run in to the end of the season this will be one of the trickier games that Rangers have to face and one even Celtic fans might have half an eye on because they might think the league leaders could drop points here tonight and that wouldn't be a great surprise it's interesting to see how Philip Clemont approaches the game he hasn't mentioned the artificial surface he's not a big fan and when they played against Simon he also talked about the surface being tricky before the game and not conducive to great football and he set up his team to suit and you'll know that Kilmarnock also use their wingers really well they get Kennedy and Armstrong down the wide areas they cut back onto their good foot and they throw a lot of balls into the box the likes of Vassell and Watkins and Van de Ven's in the squad as well they're all in the box so I think this might be interesting to see how he uh, approaches it he might think that it's a game where the result is more important than the performance but does he go for strength in midfield does he sacrifice a bit of guile and go for the strength in that midfield area with Dujon Sterling maybe tucked in so it'll be interesting to see how he does approach the game here tonight but uh, whatever the teams are it'll be a fascinating 90 minutes ahead I don't think Rangers can afford any slip-ups in the title race of course team news not quite out yet but uh, the artificial surface paid pay to Kemar Roof's comeback he played a few minutes at the weekend and I think he might be key to them as they, as they go into the end of the season but he's not going to be resting the artificial surface Rangers of course without longer term injuries Cantwell, Danilo, Kieran Dowell and Abdufila Sima for Kilmarnock there without long term guys Brad Lyons and Kyle McGuinness so I don't think there'll be too many changes from the teams that were successful for both these teams on Saturday both had really good results at home but it's going to be fascinating to see how Rangers actually set up and play the game because this is going to be a really difficult night and their attitude is going to be tested to the full yeah, I wonder if the conditions might play a part, Jim. It wasn't sounding too great there, was it, Rugby Park? Yeah, I mean, but the, as Fraser said, um, you know, you want the you want the rain on the pitch because it makes it you know slick and you can move the ball quickly and and you know I, I actually the other way around rather than being the physical side, you maybe want more technical players because you know and and younger players are all used to this now used to the artificial surface and it's you know and, and a lot of the Rangers players will be used to it as well like the Tavernier goals and Lundstrom etc they've played their umpteen times now so it shouldn't really phase them as long as the wind doesn't go up because then the balls you know gar- it gets off the surface and just shoots out the pitch and it becomes much more difficult but water on the pitch I think could make the ball move quicker and technical players can collect it and move it before the opposition do it and Rangers are better um, technical players than Kilmarnock but Derek McInnes has done a phenomenal job at, um, at Kilmarnock uh, they'll go into this game brimming with confidence uh, of the season they've had and I think they will make it tough 
But if Rangers are performing anywhere like they did against Hearts at the weekend, they should have too much quality for, for Kilmarnock. Who should play? Who shouldn't play? How confident or otherwise are you of your team's chances tonight? Give us a call 0141 951 1025. Martin is a Celtic fan up first. Martin, are you heading to the game tonight? Yeah, yeah, me and the wee man's on the way to the game just now. Uh, hoping for a good performance. Hoping to see more of Celtic the second half on Sunday. I think if we can play like that, be no problem tonight. But again, inconsistency is a big problem for us this season, as we said. Uh, in terms of the team, I would go, I think Idan Yang definitely needs to start tonight. I think Kyogo was just non existent. The first half, he barely touched the ball, barely was getting happened. Idan obviously came on and put the game for us. But Yang was very direct, looked very good. Um, hopefully, Carter Vickers can get back in. I know that's obviously dependent on his fitness. But as well, I think tonight and Sunday are massive. I actually think. The way of the Rangers are getting a real bit of momentum at the minute, being inconsistent. How does it feel if we drop any points before them, before the next one for them at Ibrox? I think they're finished. So I think we really need to win every game and get a real momentum. Brendan Rodgers has Sorry Martin Brendan Rodgers has, has played Ida and Kyogo at times you say you want to see Ida do you want to see both play or is it Kyogo on the bench and Ida from the start? I would say Kyogo on the bench I think we've seen it against Hibs the two of them played and again we scraped that cross you know, that we were dominant I thought we were really lucky to win that game so I think pretty much start the game with the team that finished the Motherwell game and I think we'll be alright it's a sign of just how football can change I think people would be surprised of, of any Celtic fan a year ago phoning up saying that Kyogo yeah. needs to be benched but Adamida certainly making a big impact a couple of really good goals at the weekend For whatever reason Kyogo has looked an entirely different person and player this season uh, you know, You're welcome to come up with your explanation as to why that is the case but tonight I think Martin's got all the calls correct I think I would uh, start with Adamida and uh, leave Kyogo on the bench. Um, I, I think Martin's correct when he says that if Celtic drop any points before the meeting with Rangers on the 7th of uh, April, it would be bad news. And tonight they're at home to a Dundee side. The last time they met at Dens Park, it was the most one-sided game of football in the history of Scottish football. Uh, so... All of those factors have to come into play. There's a little bit of mythology about Celtic in the second half on Sunday. Bear in mind, at the end of 90 minutes, it was still 1-1. So, you know, there wasn't a remarkable transformation in the second half. But when push got to shove, once they were over the 90 minutes and it got to 94 minutes and Ademita scored again, fair play to Celtic. That's resilience, that's character. Call it what you will. But tonight, from the word go, they have to take the game to Dundee. The fans are turning out in their tens of thousands on a horrible night. Martin's got his wee boy with them. I mean, the, the Celtic fans are crying out for a performance as well as a result. And uh, Brendan Rodgers really has to deliver that tonight. Martin keen to see Yang tonight. Made an impact off the bench as well yeah. at the weekend. Nicholas Kuhn hasn't hit the ground running like many Celtic fans would have wanted him to. Yang is in a bit of a strange situation mm. where when he comes off the bench, mm. he tends to make an impact at yeah. times, hasn't really done it from the start. Can you see him starting tonight? Yeah, well, you mentioned Kuhn's been inconsistent, but so is Yang. Uh, there, there's no one. I mean, so is Palmer. So is Maida. 
the, the, none of the white guys, and I think that's a big, uh, uh, you know, a, a reason why Kyogo hasn't been as effective, because he likes the balls flashed across the goal quickly, and and none of the players have been doing that. Um, so I, I think you know these guys to me have got to step up to the plate. They've got to accept that Celtic they're playing for the demands of playing for Celtic, the expectations, uh, and and I, I don't think they've quite grasped it yet. And it might take a bit of time, and, and, and they maybe need a bit of time. But at this moment in time, that's not something that Celtic have because of the form of Rangers are in. So I, I, you know, listen, I would expect uh, either to start tonight, and I expect Kyogo to be on the bench, but. Uh, because when I think it's when he's played just off him, it's not really suited Celtic's midfield. Brendan Rodgers likes to dominate the ball and to do that invariably wants three in the middle of the pitch. So I would be surprised if it's still not a 4-3-3. But for me, it's the wide guys. They have to be more productive. Um, you know, I looked, as I, as I mentioned, I was at the league game at the weekend and, you know, they're not blessed with huge pace at the back. Um, you know, and, and, you know, they've got, they've got talented players but they play quite an expansive game at times, uh, uh, Dundee. So I think this is a kind of game it should suit Celtic tonight. I think they'll, have, of course, will dominate possession, but I think they will create chances. It all just depends how clinical they are. Martin, how confident are you that Celtic will be able to marry up performance and result? They haven't really managed to do it since the winter break. There have been some results there, certainly, but do you think you'll be able to get the whole package tonight? I, I think so. I think, well, I... I just think we'll be too much for Dundee, and I uh, don't don't mean any disrespect to Dundee, but if you can't beat Dundee at home, you probably don't deserve to be winning the league. So I think we're really going to put on a good performance because the Hearts game at Tynecastle is certainly not going to be easy. Give us some confidence, and hopefully we can take six points for these next two games and go for there. That's the bottom line, Martin. Again, correct. The bottom line is if you struggle against Dundee at Celtic Park in the position that Celtic are in, then you are constructing your own demise and you have nowhere to run you no excuses if Celtic don't beat Dundee at Celtic Park tonight game's up with the way that Celtic won the game on Sunday is there maybe a bit of an expectation that comes with it that it just gives everyone a lift supporters and players the, the squad that you know they can have a quick start tonight well, well you would have thought so but it didn't happen against you know for after the Hibs game you know after the Hibs game they're playing Motherwell at home and uh, sorry uh, you know the Kamarlik as well you know the, the, these type of games where um, they've the, the struggled to, to, to put the game to bed and, and I think that you know when they scored those those two penalties and particularly the one in the last last minute again you think that would have given that momentum because you've seen the celebrations after the game even Brendan Rodgers was out with the fans and everything and there was, you thought right that was a pivotal moment it's not quite worked like that so you know again similar uh, to, to the Motherwell game at the weekend there uh, you've seen the you know the response of the players in amongst the supporters you know you know that, 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 that kind of togetherness is vital but you need to take it to Celtic Park in front of 60,000 fans with the expectations that are there. Celtic have, as, as, as Gable has said before the game, haven't performed as well at Celtic Park, which has been quite unusual over the last few years. So they really need a big performance tonight, I think. A real entertaining football and exhibition tonight to really say to the fans, yeah, we are back, we are. You know, we're not giving up this title without an unbelievable fight. Well, thank you to Martin. Still time to get your thoughts on team news in before we get that in around 10, 15 minutes time. So give us a call 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hear it. Watch it. Search the YouTube stream now. 
You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard Jim Duffy and Hugh Keevans in the studio with me Andrew McLean looking ahead to a big night in the Scottish Premiership huge games team news not too far away from the big matches as well so we will go around the grounds and get those Niall is on the line we'll get to him shortly just Niall taking Warren. a look <laughs> that's a good point actually I think he's too busy tonight isn't he he's got a lot on but um, yeah we're looking at the team news I suppose for Rangers not too far away it's hard to predict at the moment isn't it with Rangers because Philip Clement is making five, six, seven changes every single but game it, but every time he does it it works mm. uh, and that's his good fortune Rangers have a greater depth of choice than Celtic uh, which one of the one of the reasons why they're favourites to win the title um, Celtic should have had strength in depth but the two transfer windows have not brought strength and depth they have brought confusion and uh Whichever team Philippe Clement picks tonight, it'll be a strong one and I suspect too strong for Kilmarnock. So there are some players that Rangers fans will be excited to see, the likes of Mohamed Diamande, the likes of Oscar Cortez have made a really good impact yeah. so far, but it's just hard to tell whether they're going to start. Have they done enough to make themselves undroppable? Is that even a thing? <laughs> Can players become undroppable? No, I, I, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of players. Jack Butland, you know, can't be dropped and, and Connor Golson probably, but... Yeah, I think Diamandi he scored two fantastic goals, um, you know, from 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 outside the box, um, and you know I think that Rangers have, as, as Hugh said, um, you know, embarrassment of riches now, and they're all playing at a good level, a high level, and a real competitive level. Everyone wants to be part of it, so whoever he brings in, um, I, I think is obviously you, you got to look at Tom Lawrence who again has been a terrific player, but. You know, the pitch will play a part tonight, I think, in Philip Clement's selection. So does he risk maybe players? For instance, you mentioned those two players that you say they haven't played in this type of surface before. Does he go with people who know it? Uh, and, you know, where it's, um, you know, uh, Matondo and, and, and McCausland, does he bring them back in? Um, Desser started the last game. Does he start with Silva tonight? Um, he's, he's done that as well. You know, he's kind of flipped those players, but Desser's scoring two goals. If Gordon Dale was here, I'm sure he'd be saying, if you're scoring goals, you want to be in that team straight away because you're hot and you want to keep it uh, that, that that streak going as long as you possibly can. But I don't think that's the way Philip Clement thinks. I think he just looks at each game in its own merits and then selects the, the, the team he thinks is, is the right one for that. And I think he will make three or four changes, even though it was a, a, an outstanding performance against Hearts at the weekend. It is very much a sort of horses for courses approach that he's taking away to St Mirren a few weeks ago. He yeah. said himself that he was setting up for a game that I think his words wasn't going to be very sexy, but yeah. Rangers went there, got the result, played the football that he thought would get them the result and it was successful. So it may be another job like that tonight. Tonight's his 20th league game in charge of Rangers over that period Rangers 20 league games Celtic 20 league games Philippe Clement has taken 9 points more than Celtic that's all you need to know let's go back to the lines 01419511025 that is the number that Niall has died uh, dialed sorry a Celtic <laughs> fan in Kilmarnock Niall how are you feeling ahead of the game tonight? Uh, hello uh, yeah I'm feeling alright actually but tonight um, the, the main reason I phoned in I was actually uh, wanted to pull Hugh O'Ree's opening gambit at Celtic um, saying that they hadn't been uh, convincing at all since the restart and I think actually if you watch back to the Mung game in the Cup they, uh, they played rather well 
that, uh, that day A potentially tricky cup tie It could have been And they navigated it with a minimum of fuss yeah, I think he defended well at times And they attacked well Got the two goals And progressed in the cup So I think that, and Obviously we'll no discount We'll forget about the Bucky Thistle game But I think actually you were wrong there you, When you said that uh, Well First of all You're trying to win the league And you're two points behind Rangers And all of the league performances Have been scruffy All of them Since football resumed after the winter break The cup tie at St Mirren Yes they had uh, the the goals from Kyogo and Maeda. Uh, I don't think at any time in the match they were out of sight. I think Joe Hart uh, was required to make a save or two in that game as well. So you're clutching at straws, Niall, with respect. You know, there's a league title to be won here and you're not referencing the draw at home with Kilmarnock, but for Joe Hart, two magnificent saves from Liam Donnelly. Celtic have lost that one. But for a penalty... At the very end uh, at Easter Road, Celtic might have left two points behind there. Aberdeen, again, but for Joe Hart, Celtic would have lost that game. So you're clutching at straws, you give me a Scottish Cup tie when there's a league title to be won. Well, the realms of what you said since the restart, they were on the played well. And I will come back at you with saying that it's for all the efforts and maybes in the world, we are only two points behind uh, Rangers at the moment. And if, for for instance, uh, sake tonight, talking hypotheticals, it often happens that uh, Rangers don't get a result down in uh, Kilmarnock at Rugby Park, and Celtic do get a result, will it be the case then that Rangers have bottled the league? Uh, no, not at all. Right, okay. right so we, we'll, we'll not get that then. So, but we'll go. We will go back top. I actually think they're going to struggle tonight against Kilmarnock. Kilmarnock are playing really well under Derek McInnes and have been since even now. We're in the championship under them. I've got a lot of friends that are Kilmarnock fans and uh, they've been playing really well. Well, if that happens, I'm back here on Friday, Niall, so you can get me on Friday, but I maintain my position. Celtic haven't played well in any league game over the 90 minutes. Celtic haven't played well in any league game since the winter break ended. Hang on the line, Niall, because I think we do have a Celtic team from Celtic Park, Gabriel. Andrew, Brendan Rodgers makes three changes to the team that beat Motherwell. The biggest news is that Kyogo is dropped to the bench in the place of Adam Eder, the striker who came on and scored twice to turn the game around for the hoops. Uh, injured Mike Navrotsky is out as well. Cameron Kartovic starts and Yang comes in for Kung on the win as well. So the team is as follows. It's Joe Hart in goal, a defensive Alistair Johnson, Cameron Kartovic as Liam Scales and Greg Taylor. Smokey Iwata keeps his place in midfield with Callum McGregor and Matt O'Reilly. It'll be Yang on one wing with Dyson made it on the other. Adam Eder leads the line. The substitutes, Bain, Palmer Kyogo, Kuhn, Bernardo, Vata, Kelly, Ralston and Welsh You happy with that Niall? That sounds like a strong team yep. Great to hear big CCVs back in the, the, the back line uh, I think that makes a big difference to our game uh, I think Awata deserves his, 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 keep his place in the starting lineup, and I think Yang uh, showed that he deserves his start as well um, That sounds like a strong team to me I think The best thing is if you, you drop Kyogo Give him a bit of a rest, take him at the limelight, give Adam Ida his chance. Then, uh, aye, sounds like a strong team. I think that, that will get a result tonight. Yeah, Jim, I don't think there are too many surprises in there. Cameron Carter Vickers, Brent Rogers confirming yesterday that he was fit to start. Yeah. He comes straight in. Mike Dvorotsky is injured. Tomoki Iwata was one of the better performers for Celtic at the weekend. He keeps his place in the team as well. A lot of people thought Yang would start over Kuhn. 
he does Adam Media comes in after his two goals yeah as well. it was a kind of strange one at the weekend because Iwata did play well but I don't think Callum McGregor was as effective uh, and, and I know he's you know you kind of play that role that slightly more advanced role but because over the last couple of seasons he's been you know the kind of pivot in that midfield the guy that you know that really has been instrumental in setting Celtic um, you know the tempo for Celtic so I don't think it 100% suits Callum McGregor um, but yeah there's no surprise Callum uh, Callum McCarter Vickers is you know Celtic's best defender by a country mile uh, and, and he calms everyone else down and I think even just the fact that when he came on against Motherwell at the weekend there he just seemed to be so assured everyone just seemed to be a wee bit more relaxed I just think he's he just he's just got that calming influence uh, you know right throughout the team so I think yeah he's a, a big player to come back for Celtic uh, Yang on the wing he's, he's got to do it from the start you, you mentioned earlier on um, you know that he was that he was you know, he's, he's one of those players that can affect the game when he comes off the bench, but he's got the opportunity tonight and he's got to grab that opportunity, as I've mentioned before. Some of the Celtic players haven't done that. Maida, for me, yeah, we know that when the opposition's got the ball, he chases and he works, and he has, but he's got to be a bit more composed. He's got to show a bit more composure. He's an international player. Uh, I think you're entitled to expect a bit more from him. Adam Eder scored his two goals. He's a different type of player. He links up the play. He gives you a physical presence in the box. They can throw crosses in if they have to as he scored that fantastic header at the weekend. So, and I agree 100% with Niall. Celtic, if Celtic are much more quality than Dundee tonight, Dundee will go there, of course, with the organisation and determination. Well, a bit of belief, but Celtic really have to you know, turn up tonight and should have much more than Dundee and get the job done. Well, thank you to Niall. Let's go to Rugby Park. Fraser Wishart has a Rangers team for us. We do. You guys were chatting in the studio about Serial Dessers and his goals that he scored recently against Hearts and he is on the bench. He is replaced by Fabio Silva, one of three changes. Yilmaz and Sterling are also dropped to the bench with Barisic and McCausland coming into the team. So the Rangers team... The way red, of course, tonight because of the, the change slip come on up playing in blue is Jack Butland in goals, James Tavernier, Connor Goldson, John Suter and Borna Barisic at the back. Two midfield, John Lundstrom and Mohamed Diomande. Ross McCausland, Tom Lawrence and Oscar Cortez across the middle just in behind the lone striker, Fabio Silva. The substitutes are Robbie McCrory, Rask Rudvan Yilmaz, Serial Dessers, Dujon Sterling, Scott Wright, Ben Davis, Leon Balligan, Nicholas Raskin and Cole McKinnon. So three changes, Dessers on the bench. Any surprises in there for you, Jim? No, well, you asked us uh, just a few minutes ago and I thought that Silver would come in for Dessers just because, you know, Philip Camon has said several times that he just, you know, he, he looks at the game ahead, he doesn't look at the game that's gone, even though some of us had a, a real performance. I thought McCausland might come in again tonight. Um, so for me, not not really too many surprises. Um, I think if, if, if you are a striker, you might be a bit disappointed that you don't get a nod game after game but so far it's been working you know absolutely perfectly for uh, Philip Clement so if it continues to do that tonight then it command up then he's not he's certainly not going to change it um, and he's got great options on the bench as you mentioned uh, there's real strength and depth there even though with key players injured if you look at Rangers they, they do have the options uh, if, if the game is tight and they and they need to change it but yeah Silva in for him is probably a wee bit of a surprise but but not not too, too much. Well, Rangers fans, let us know what you think. 01419511025. Let's speak to Jerry, who's a Celtic fan on the line. Jerry, are you happy with that Celtic lineup tonight? Uh, to be honest, I don't think it 
it really matters because it, it all depends on what they've been told to do when they go out in the field. And that's kind of the point I was wanting to make. Is there's this element of bewilderment around Kyogo, Kyogo and why he's not performing, but it's, it's as clear as day. The team don't play the same way. You don't have a phenomenal striker with that return on goals two seasons in a row just drop off when the team obviously play a totally different way. And in Motherwell, the two goals we got came from the ball going down the wings. You had it on the head earlier, Jim. You know, as soon as they started going down the wing, getting the ball in the box, that's that's his bread and butter. You know, so it kind of it paints a false picture that you bring him off and then you get two late goals. So it really depends on what's been told and you know, what the guys have been told to do because they're so slow in the build up, there's no conviction. Um so it just gives every team time to set up and Park the bus Jerry, that, At the moment there's no imagination That sounds Jerry like you are making a direct criticism of the manager Oh yeah because that's that's the main I mean look at look at the other side of the city As soon as the manager changes There's assurance The performances gradually get better But the, the, the results keep going And now they're starting to align With us there's been nothing convincing Even when we've won well The score's not really been reflective of a really dominant performance because we've either left it too late or we've been gifted late penalties. Did you, know? you did you want uh, Brendan Rodgers back at the club in the first place? I was a bit indifferent about it, to be honest. I wasn't sure who would be out there. I was disappointed to see Postacoglu go because of the, the exciting brand of football and how dominant he'd got the team. What I was surprised is that the change in the way we play, you know, because Rodgers would have watched that team. He would have seen what was working how effective those players were playing that way and to come in and just change it. To the, the manager where, the manager yeah. denies all of this, of course. He said that he well, did not do that. in the pudding queue, you know. That's not what the screen shows. These, a lot of those players are the same players that played under Postacoglu. And, you know, McGregor sometimes looks completely out of ideas. Last year and the year before, it was a driving force. Everything was going forward, forward. You could hear the manager screaming, stop passing it back. There was a time when the there was a time this season under Brendan Rodgers when Celtic had an eight point lead. They now have a two point deficit. Do the players not have to take some responsibility? Yeah, absolutely, they do. But like anyone else, they're given instruction by the the management team on how they want them to play. So, you know, like anyone with any kind of job, if you don't do what you're told, you're going to lose your position, and that's how a lot of players probably falling out of favour as well. If a player doesn't, if a manager doesn't like a player, he's not following instructions. So would, would you would you rather Brendan wasn't there, Jerry? Yes, but I honestly don't know who to replace him with. But I think that he's, what he's come in with has been really poor. Um, it seems like he's came in with the ideas he came in with the last time, but things are a bit different in this league now. They're a wee bit more competitive um, than what he was used to. He's got a competitive rival across the city who have got their act together with a really good manager. And he just seems out of ideas. Jerry, that, uh, that's twice you've said across the city. Rangers, they're called. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. You're allowed, you're allowed to say it. Nothing will happen to you. Jerry, do you have any concerns about tonight at all? Or do you think Celtic will have more than enough to get the three points? Well, just the way they've been playing. You never know what kind of Celtic's going to show up. The defence with Carter Vickers, that's a bit reassuring. But it's just how quickly they move the ball. You know, it's going to be wet and slick. The Celtic of old are really good on slick surfaces, but... If they let Dundee get behind the ball, who knows? You never know. Yeah, I agree. I agree with Jerry in some aspects, but you know, every manager does have their style. You know, some if they're fortunate enough to to work with top players, can have a philosophy. 
and Brendan has a philosophy I think if you look to you know if you're any of the clubs he's been with even his first time at Celtic his time at Liverpool Leicester all of those sort of things he, you know he, he plays a possession based game uh, but he does want to play it at a tempo and he does want to play it quicker you know, I, I, so I think there's a there's there's a there's a kind of both sides of the fence here. I think he wants to play a possession based game, um, and and obviously under Postacoglu there was a, was a real energy and, and high tempo, um, but I think that the the players sometimes just take that too much. You know, there, there has been uh, times when you're watching Celtic, it's on to play forward passes, it's on to play that risk pass, and they seem to be, you know. Less, uh, you know, likely to do that. Can and, that be and, quite tough for a player yeah. trying to follow both instructions in yeah. terms of playing quickly but keeping possession? Yeah. Because the quicker you play, the more risks you're likely to take. Yeah. Then the more likely you're you, going to lose the ball. When, when you went to see Celtic over the last couple of years, you, you know everyone made made reference to it. even other managers have made reference to you know the ball kids, you know getting the ball and bang, goal kicks thrown in, throw ins, all these sort of things, free kicks, hand on the ball, bang, played. Real high energy, real tempo, uh, and there seems to be a kind of it's, it's almost like a half and half now. Sometimes they do it, sometimes they don't. But for me, it's more the 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 the, the moving the ball forward quicker. As as, as Jerry saying, their teams are getting organised now. There's more there's there's more awareness now. There's more analysis. They've watched Celtic. They know the way they want to play. So if Celtic don't score with those early opportunities, then the the, the opposition are regrouping, making it difficult, stifling Celtic. And Celtic are not moving the ball quicker. But I don't think that's because Brendan Rodgers asked me. He wanted me to do that. But the players, I think, have underperformed at times. I think So I think, yeah, there is a slight change in the way the team play. But also for the players, have to take more risk. And they have to be prepared to take a bit of criticism. If it doesn't work, the only way you can do it is having that risky pass. Take that pass, wrap it into Kyogo's feet if he's playing, or play early for him out across the face of the six-yard box. And as Jerry said, it, they've not been doing that. And you can see him, he almost looks lost at times, and you feel for him because he's such a talented player. Well, thank you to Jerry. While you get your calls in, let me tell you about this. Clyde one. Well, that is three winners out of three this week on Make Me A Winner. Harriet won £146,000 and even better, the money is already in her bank account. You could be up next and to celebrate an extra day in the year, I'm going to tell you about how to get some extra entries as well. Why wouldn't you want that? We could make you a winner of £148,000 paid into your bank account straight after the call tomorrow, but you need to be in the draw. Text YES to 61025. Do that right now and you'll get two entries for the price of one. Texts are £2 plus your standard network rate. Enter at Clyde1.com. Online entries cost £2. Or call 0330-880-4523. Calls are charged at the standard rate. Over 18s only. All the rules for this network competition are online. If you get a call from us after three o'clock tomorrow, answer within five rings and make sure you say make me a winner straight away to win £148,000. You'll have that in your account by tea time. Text yes to 61025. 0141-951-1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Just under an hour until kick-off in the big Scottish Premiership games tonight. Hugh Keevans and Jim Duffy here in the studio looking ahead to them and looking to take your calls. 0141-951-1025. We got the Celtic and Rangers teams a bit earlier in the show. Let's go back to the grounds to get the Kilmarnock and Dundee teams. Let's start at Rugby Park. Fraser Wishart can give us the Kilmarnock team. 
Yeah, perhaps no surprise, no changes at all from Derek McInnes from the team. They took the three points and a good 2-0 victory against Aberdeen at the weekend. So they line up in a 4-4-2 formation. Will Dennis in goals, Lewis Mayo, Joe Wright, Stuart Finlay and Corian Dabbott at the back. Dan Armstrong, Liam Donnelly, Liam Polworth and Matty Kennedy in midfield with Marley Watkins and Kyle Vassell as the two strikers. Kieran O'Hara, David Watson, James Balzaghi, Fraser Murray, Greg Stewart, Kevin Van Veen, Rory McKenzie, Innes Cameron and a comeback for a man who's been injured for a wee while. Robbie Dees make up the Kilmarnock bench. There was a lot of talk sort of at the end of last week that the next two games for Rangers would be a big test of their credentials under Philip Clement. They passed the first test with flying colours on Saturday. How big a test and how different a, a test is this? I think this is a, a much tougher test. I thought that before the Hearts game. I, I was on last week and I, I, I said I expect Rangers to win both games. Um, and I did feel that they would, they would win more comfortably than people thought only because Hearts would, were going to have a go I never saw Hearts with the form they were in coming to Ibrox and just getting you know 10 players behind the ball I thought the way they play they'll come and have a go they'll be positive and I think you know the, that would leave space and the fact that Rangers score so early on the fans you know the energy from the fans I think just you know really drove Rangers players to uh, an outstanding performance Um I do think it'll be much tougher tonight down uh, at Commander. Yeah, we can always re- refer to the pitch, but the fact is, Commander play this kind of four-four-one-one. Um, you know, Mally Watkins drops into the middle of the pitch when they lose it, and Vassell does it at times. Um, they're physical, but they've got two good wingers. They put crosses in the box. They're dangerous at set plays. They're organised. They're disciplined. They very rarely lose many goals. There's there's no one runs over the top of command like at any time and haven't done so for a for a, a real um, you know period of time. They're very resilient um, and they can play when they get the ball. So you know they've got a lot of qualities, Commander. So I think Rangers will probably win it tonight, but I think it'll be a much tighter affair than than um, you know it was at the weekend. Dennett McInnes has said himself that you know it's a very different. Rangers side than the one yeah. that visited Rugby Park earlier on in the campaign but Kilmarnock will still go into the game with huge confidence given the results they've had against both Celtic and Rangers this season and their home record being being really good and performances mm-hmm. they yeah. well yeah, uh-huh. it's got to be a, a real factor however it's hard to imagine a bigger transformation having taken place within a team and within a club than the one that has happened at Ibrooks. Dating back to day one, Michael Beale, Rangers lose 1-0. It's the beginning of the the long goodbye for Michael Beale. Uh, within a matter of weeks, he's out. Clement, tonight his 20th league game. As I said earlier, over that same period facing Brendan Rodgers, Rangers have taken nine points more than Celtic have over that 19-game period. Tonight is game 20. I accept every word that Jim Duffy has said and I would not contradict any of it but Kilmarnock will still lose to Rangers because the transformation that has been undergone is significant in the extreme. Gabriel has a Dundee team for us at Celtic Park. Yes I do Andrew. Tony Doherty makes five changes to the side that lost to Hibs at the weekend. Donnelly, Cameron, Silla, Costello and Tiffany drop out. In come Lamy, Portales, Boateng, Main and Robertson. Looks like it'll be a change of shape as well, going to a five at the back formation. So it's Trevor Carson in goal, a defence of Jordan McGee, Joe Shaughnessy, 
Juan Portales, Ricky Lamy and Owen Beck. Malachi Boateng, Luke McCowan and Finley Robertson will be in midfield with Curtis Main and Amadou Bakayoko up top. Substitutes, McCracken, Dodgson, Astley, Tiffany, Cameron, Mulligan, Donnelly, Mellon and Silla. A change of shape there for Dundee. Is there a, a pretty specific game plan to go in and try and frustrate Celtic? Yeah, I think they'll end up with, uh, you know, almost like a 5-4-1. Um, but I tell you one thing, that is a big team, physical. I was just listening to the names uh, getting given there. Jordan McGee, who normally plays, he played right back. He's a centre-back by trade. Ricky Lamy, obviously, I know Ricky. I've had him uh, as a player um, at Morton and at Clyde many years ago. Again, six foot two. Uh, Portales coming in, another centre-back. Um, Curtis Mayne up top Curtis Mayne up front with Bakayoko bit two big guys so the, 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 you know listen Luke McCowan in the middle of the pitch has been a revelation since he's, he's come into the club scored a terrific goal at the weekend um, but Celtic have to be careful they don't want to be giving away cheap free kicks um, you know and, and, and you know inviting um, Dundee to use that physicality get all those big guys up because they have good deliveries I mentioned from Tom the likes of a McCowan and they've got that physical presence but yeah I mean they're, go they're going to make it difficult they're going to have the fi five probably four one at times uh, and, and try and you know uh, narrow the pitch I think and they'll put try and put Celtic wide they shouldn't really be concerned too much about crosses coming in and I would expect them to try and congest the middle of the pitch tonight but yeah, I mean, Tony's obviously got a game plan and it just depends on whether his players are good enough to execute it. But I think from a Celtic perspective, it's how, again, how quickly they move it. If you've got big guys, you've got to get the ball on the floor and you've got to move them around and you've got to do it quickly, not let them get set. Plenty more build-up to come to those games and the other games, Hearts and Hibs playing against each other, of course, and Edinburgh Derby, Aberdeen St Johnson as well, Livingston Motherwell. We'll look back on that game between Ross County and St Mirren as well. But before all that, let's play this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. Get your calls in, beat the pundit. You've got until the end of the news. 0141 951 1025. Headlines 0141951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Jim Duffy and Hugh Kevens in the studio with me, Andrew McLean, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Five huge games to look ahead to tonight Celtic against Dundee, there's an Edinburgh Derby, Aberdeen against St Johnson, Kilmarnock against Rangers at Rugby Park, and Livingston Motherwell. Of course, there is that controversial game between Ross County and St Mirren. We'll look back on as well a bit later in the show. But before all that, let's play this. Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. Yes, time for Beat the Pundit. Did you hear Kenny Miller last night? 16 wins out of 16 yeah. this season. It's quite a, quite a good record, yeah. isn't it? And the Dazzlers got 17 but out of 34. Ah, he's played about double the, the yeah. number of games. He's still claiming that as some sort of victory over <laughs> Kenny Miller. But of course he will. I think he would, wouldn't only, he? Only in his mind... We're in the season, kind of you know, uh, competition between Kenny and Roger. Yeah, you've... Andy Halliday are wanting in that. Oh, yeah, he's, Andy, he's Andy doing Halliday, well Andy too. You're on a 50% win rate at the moment. Uh, Jim, you've only played four times, well, so you, you've got a chance to hike that percentage up 72% for yourself, Hugh. That's, that's pretty good going this season. Baffling. Utterly baffling. <laughs> well, let's see. Lee is on the line. How do you feel, Lee? Who do you want to play out of these two? Uh, I'd like to play Jim. Cheers, Lee. Have you played that's before? That's because it's easier than you. <laughs> He's just playing the percentages. That's, that's Aye, it. of course. You played before, Lee? I, I won it last time. Who did you play? 
and uh, Matt Wilson it was Alright okay Well let's see Did you say Lee was an East Stirlingshire fan? Uh, no Lee is a Celtic fan Oh he's a Celtic fan is he? All According right. to my screen Anyway okay. But uh, let's see if you get your wish And it is Jim Duffy or Hugh Keevans Heads for Jim Tails for Hugh And it is heads Ooh. So it will be Jim Duffy I you won play. Oh sorry did I say heads Hugh Keevans Oh there we go then It's Hugh you're playing yeah, I, I, I won on Monday night, so two wins in a week. There we go. Let's see. I'm sure you know the rules, Lee. You have played before, but just in case you've forgotten, 30 seconds on the clock, answer as many questions as correctly as possible. Remember, you can pass. That will, of course, help you get through more questions. You ready to go? Oh, hold yeah, on. You haven't given me oh, the music. Apologies, apologies. I'm not done yeah, this you can hear the answers. That could have been an absolute disaster. <laughs> At least I'm sure the producers the will be on the, the case answers. there. Let's make sure that you have some greatest hits radio. There we go. I've had the nod from Hugh Keevans, so there is going to be no tomfoolery going on. Are you ready to go, Lee? Yeah, go for it, mate. Let's play. What was the score in the last Edinburgh derby? None. Who is the Celtic winger Mikey Johnson on loan at? West Rob. What Hibs player connects Celtic, Cardiff and Hull City? Uh, How many goals did Queen's Park score last night? True or false, Clyde Bank came... Uh, Clyde Bank... Clyde, sorry, that is a terribly written question. I'll skip on. What Glasgow Stadium would you find on Leatherby Drive? Um, Ibrox. Okay, right. That was disappointing because there was a question in there that I should have read beforehand, but I will score that out because it was not proper English. Hugh, can you hear us? Mm, I can. There we go. That is fine. Uh, we will give you 30... Uh, that's fine. We'll give you 30 seconds on the clock, answer as many questions as possible. I'll tell you what the confusion was afterwards. Okay. Right. Ready to go? What was the score in the last Edinburgh derby? 1-0 for Hearts. Who is Celtic winger Mikey Johnson on loan at? Uh, West Brom. What Hibs player connects Celtic, Cardiff and Hull City? Cardiff and Hull City. Pass. How many goals did Queen's Park score last night? Six. What Glasgow Stadium would you find on Leatherby Drive? Uh, Hamden. Who did Celtic sign Benjamin Segrist from? Dundee United. What SPFL Premiership team have adopted Twist and Shout as their anthem? Motherwell. Motherwell, right, Lee. I know there was a bit of confusion in there. Thankfully, I don't think there will need to be a stewards <laughs> inquiry just with the way uh, that it played out there. But let's go through. How do you feel you got on, Lee? Nah, thank you, Anna. Okay, yep. let's go through the questions. What was the score in the last Edinburgh derby? It was 1-0 to Hearts. It goes 1-0 to Hugh Keevans. Who is Celtic winger Mikey Johnson on loan at? You both got West Brom. It is 2-1 to Hugh. What Hibs player connects Celtic, Cardiff City and Hull City? Do you know that one, Jim? Aidan McGeady. David Marshall. So it remains 2-1. How many goals did Queen's Park score last night? You both got it. Six. Six. So yeah. it goes 3-2 to Hugh Keevans what Glasgow Stadium would you find on Leatherby Drive you both got to that question and Hugh got it correct uh, Lee said Ibrook so it goes 4-2 to Hugh Hugh got a couple more questions in but that is because I started to read one of the questions and realised that it was not a proper English sentence so I had to <laughs> stumble over it and then just discard it completely but at that point Hugh was already 4-2 up he managed to pull away he knew that Benjamin Segrist signed for Celtic from Dundee United he knew that Motherwell adopted twist and shout so it does end 6-2 to Hugh Keevans so despite the fact there was a blip in there Lee it was a clear win for Hugh Keevans hard lines 
Oh, well, I'll look. There I'll we look go. You looking forward to tonight, Lee? Oh, I can't wait. What do you think? Um, I'm going to go for 3-0. Hopefully. What gives you the, the confidence? Maybe performances haven't been what Celtic fans would have wanted at Celtic Park of late, but do you feel that you know, you'll get it over the line tonight? Is that a case of being able to build on that late win at the weekend? I well, it's the same team that finished it on Sunday, so hopefully it, it goes away tonight. Yeah, I think Alistair Johnson was, was speaking yesterday. I'll tell you what, let's hear that clip from Alistair Johnson, shall we? Because he was talking... Uh, about the fact there has been a bit of anxiousness around Celtic Park uh, of late. He was asked a question about it yesterday. He said that it's the players' responsibility to make sure the crowd isn't anxious tonight and he knows that they need to play forward quicker. The crowd gets anxious because of how we're playing. So we know that if we play like how we did at Motherwell um, for that last 30 minutes, that the crowd's going to be fully behind us and and again, it's that feeling of not making the crowd nervous that, you know, something's going to happen to us, but instead feeling like, oh, they can get behind us and, you know, we're going to go out and we're not only going to score, but we're going to score multiple goals. So I think that it's about us showing that, you know, that cleanliness on the ball, but also that passion and that drive to play forward. Um, of course, the, there's been some some murmurs and some disdain with, you know, how slow sometimes our build-up's been. And, and we acknowledge that. We have been too slow at the back. Um, and that comes down to us as the back line, um, you know, playing forward. And even if it might not feel on, let's play it. Let's get up. Let's get up the pitch. Um, and I think that the crowd can sense that. Again, we're not daft as well. We, we hear it. Um, but at the same time is that we know what a weapon that crowd can be for us. Um, so it's important for us to get them on our side right from the get-go because when you're playing against a crowd like that that's relentless and behind their team fully, it is a really, really difficult place to go play. That is it, because mm-hmm. the big two in Glasgow can use their crowd as a as a weapon, mm-hmm. as Alistair Johnson says, but it can work against you as well. And Alistair Johnson saying the players need mm-hmm. to take responsibility for that. They need to be the ones that, you know, get the crowd going and get them on their side and make it tough for Dundee. Yeah, well, I hadn't heard that interview until obviously just this, you played it there, uh, Andrew, and, you know, what we said earlier on in the programme about players taking risk and trying to play that difficult pass. You have to be brave enough to do that, and, and that's exactly what Alistair uh, Johnson is saying there. He said they have been too slow, they haven't, you know, played the passes forward quick enough, and they, they, they understand that it's down to them, uh, and getting the fans behind them. You know, one of the one of the, the the there's many cliches in football, but one of the biggest ones and the most uh, common ones is when you go and play Celtic at Celtic Park. Is try and keep the uh, the crowd quiet for twenty minutes. Try and get past that twenty minute mark to try and quieten it down because the atmosphere is electric at, at the start of the games, particularly in these midweek games. Um, you know, with the, under the floodlights. But that's exactly what uh, Tony Doherty and his team will be trying to do: trying to stifle that atmosphere, trying to put a lid on it. And it's up to the players to respond to that. You can see it at Ibrox just now. You know, I mean, you know, under um, Michael Beale, it was completely the opposite. Rangers hadn't scored in 15 or 20 minutes. You could just feel the tension in the stadium and that transmitted onto the players and the players just became very nervous uh, and very erratic in their play. Now, you know, Rangers come out the blocks, the fans are right behind them, there's a real tempo there and that's exactly what it's been like over the last couple of years for Celtic. Celtic, the fans have been right behind them. But in the last few you know, months, as, as, as Hugh has, has alluded to earlier, they haven't started the game. They haven't got the fans behind them. And there has been a nervousness. They have to go over that. They have to overcome that by playing high-tempo football. Did you notice the symbolic moment on Sunday? 
when Alistair Johnson took the Phantom of the Opera massive, mask yeah. and they're right off with that. Mm. I am playing very poorly. The mask gone, and you get better after that. So I wonder whether he's got the protective mask tonight or not. Well, plenty more games to look ahead to as well. Why don't we head to Pataudry? Dave Galloway is there with the team news for Aberdeen against St Johnston. Thank you, Andrew. Well, it's a thrilling old firm title race, but uh, things are looking very tasty down at uh, the wrong end of the table too. Aberdeen sit close to the relegation playoff place. They sit closer to that than the top six right now, thanks to a dreadful run that's yielded only six wins in 26 games so far. And the last time they won at home in the league was before Christmas, when they came from behind to edge out Livingston. Neil Warnock's demanding more nastiness from his team after last weekend's tame loss to Kilmarnock. We'll see if that has any impact on the Dons' performance against fellow underachievers St Johnston tonight. Just five victories out of 27 for them, but uh, Craig Levine's men can draw level on points with the Dons if they can come out on top. But Saints have suffered four successive losses and don't travel well as one league triumph on the road all season will testify. Matches between these sides are very seldom uh, goals and excitement laden. A tense and turgid encounter is certainly on the cards here at Pataudry uh, this evening taking a look at the teams then and it's a change in formation for Aberdeen uh, a number of changes and it's uh, back to a, a 3-5-1-1 for them uh, Roos in goals McDonald, Gartenman and Jensen at the back midfield from right to left it's Milne, Barron, Clarkson Shinney and Hayes with McGrath supporting uh, Mayovsky up top the subs Duin, Devlin, McKenzie Duke, McGarry Phillips, Sockler, Polvara and Hoylett as for uh, St Johnston 4-3-3 for them uh, Meetoff in goals Kelchians, McGowan Gordon and Robinson at the back midfield Smith, Phillips and Sprangler up, up top it's uh, Clark on one side, Jay Simi uh, on the other and uh, in the middle it's uh, Kim Pioca the subs uh, Richards, Gallagher, Considine May, Carey, Kucherevi uh, Smith, Franzak and Smith, that's two Smiths, Kerr Smith and Connor Smith, both of them on the bench. Um, conditions perfect at Pittori for a game this evening. Uh, the referee is Don Robertson and on VAR duties, it's Willie Collum. Dave, Dave, is the manager Shoot. sitting in the dugout or is Neil Warnock at your deck chair? <laughs> He's not up here for an holiday, you know. <laughs> How badly does Neil Warnock need a oh, win tonight, Hugh? Unbelievably. Badly. Uh, it's incredible how poor yeah. Aberdeen have been. I mean, yeah. they've seen their six wins out of 26. But, the, but all the, the squad talk, they've got. The, yeah. You know, the budget. I mean, that's going. not Neil Warnock's fault. No. That, that started with Barry Robson. Uh, now it's become Neil Robson's, uh, Neil, Warnock. Neil Warnock's worry. Uh, but there's so much talk about the players aren't buying into him. The fans certainly aren't buying into him. Um, I think for the sake of the club, they need just a simple uncomplicated win against St Johnson who have been slowly drifting towards the relegation playoff place and they're in danger of being overtaken by Ross County any day now and they really have to be careful 
I'll bring you team news from Tynecastle shortly, but let's speak to Simon, who's a Kilmarnock fan on the line. Are you feeling confident ahead of tonight, Simon? Uh, hi, guys. How you doing? Andrew here and Jim. Hope you're all doing well. You too, Simon. Um, yeah, listen, I can't not be confident with the way Kilmarnock are playing, the way we have been playing. I was on the Friday before we played Celtic and I said to Hugh that we'd get a result. Uh, listen to the this the show the next day and Hugh said that Celtic would win. Everybody said Celtic would win and that didn't happen. Um, I think Kilmarnock were, were playing really well. I'm really frustrated. I'm actually starting to get a bit frustrated now with the pitch chat because it's, it's actually, do you know what? Nobody mentioned it when, when we were, were rotten mm-hmm. and everybody was beating us and we were getting relegated. It was when Steve Clark was here and we were winning games and now Derek's here and we're beating the old firm all the time that suddenly the pitch is, is brought up all the time. I, I listened to, to last night's show. Kenny Miller mentioned the pitch 12 times in an, in an hour. <laughs> It's, it's outrageous. Like it lives rent free in so many people's heads. The pitch isn't the relevant factor. The factor is that Kilmarnock are a good football team with a good manager who's had good recruitment. So if I wasn't confident going into the game, then you know I wouldn't be a good Kilmarnock fan. So I think if, obviously if Rangers play to the you know the height of their capability, they'll probably win the game. But I still think that that's probably less likely than it is likely on you know the way because because of the way we play. So. I'm confident going into the game. I think we will take a result today. And I th- looking at it more than anything, I don't care about the title race. I did this last time I was on. Couldn't care less which one of them wins it. But for me, what's important is that I think St Mirren looked at the last three games and our three games. They were playing Livingston, St Johnston and... Ross County last night. County last night. And we were playing Celtic, Aberdeen and Rangers. And they thought they'd probably be three or four points ahead of us by now. And, you know, they're still behind us. And we've got the game tonight. So... It's a free hit in terms of that to try and finish both. Yeah, it's a big night for Kilmarnock as well. They look very good for a for a top six place, pushing for European football. And no doubt there will be that confidence there that they can do something against Rangers because whoever yeah. goes to Rugby Park at the moment will have that in the back of their minds that you know Kilmarnock have had very good results there. And as Jim said earlier on, putting good performances as well. Yeah, Derek McInnes is similar to Steve Clark and that he's brought an experience, a level of experience and assurance uh, and he's brought in good players and therefore uh, they are where they are in the league. You see, Simon, that's the, the perils of punditry. Celtic were beating Kilmarnock with seconds to go and then the old couldn't keep pigeons out of a loft <laughs> philosophy came into play and you've got your equaliser. Uh, but... I, I, again, Simon, you'll be on here on Friday because I'll be back then and you can tell me I'm wrong. But I just think Rangers under Clement uh, and the improvements that have been made in the, the players who have come in, I just think you're entitled to think that Rangers will win that match, Simon. No, absolutely. Like You're entitled to think that Rangers said that we should win any match because it's the obvious, and to be honest with you, lazy assumption to make but I think if you looked at the, hold, the game, hold on a second why is it lazy why is it lazy to point to the change that had been made under Clement and the players he brought in why do you assume that's a lazy assumption on my part ok because you're not taking into account the fact that Kilmarnock have had one defeat in 14 albeit it was to Rangers at Ibrox but we're a well, therefore no, therefore no, therefore you know yeah. you're not a given you think you're a given now against uh, Celtic and Rangers but 
you know, you, you I don't think Simon's saying he thinks it's a given. He just he's just given Kilmarnock a, a good chance, which a lot of people would give them a good chance tonight, just given the fact that well, they've had a good season, they're on very good form, they've beaten it, good teams at their It's a lazy assumption to make that because you're unbeaten in fourteen you'll make it fifteen. Yeah, but so, I, I think yeah, you know, Kilmarnock are a, a good side and, and no one's denied up. I've said that, uh, Simon, at the start, but they're still 27 points behind Rangers and I think that's the reason why, um, you know, you, you would you would say that, um, you know, Rangers should, uh, you know, be good enough to win. Uh, both teams are on real good runs of form um, with playing confidence and Kilmarnock, since since day one this season, I, I, I've, I've not shown any fear up against anyone. And I mentioned earlier on the programme, no one, you know, runs over the top of Commander. You know, they're, they're, they're such a, um, a a really disciplined team in terms of the jobs um, they've asked to do. And and Derek McInnes, is, is, that's the one thing that he's instilled. Similar to Steve Clark, as he hasn't complicated things for players, he, he instructs them uh, to, you know, to, to know exactly their jobs and they go about and they do that. And he has the flair. Uh, oh, Adam Armstrong at times, I say, has been exceptional. Danny. He, 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 you've, you've, um, sorry, Daniel Armstrong. Uh, you've you've, men you've mentioned the the pitch, you know, and you were saying about Kenny and that, but even Kilmarnock players would prefer to play on grass pitches. So there is a, an element where, um, as much as uh, you know, people say, well, it doesn't it doesn't come into uh, players' heads. It, it does, you know, it does play a, play a, a part in it. But nevertheless, I think tonight will be an open game. I think it'll be an attractive game. I think it'll be one of the better the games simply because two teams are in, in great runs of form. Well, thank you to Simon. More mm -hmm. time to get your calls in as well. But before that, let me tell you about this. Clyde One, live, celebrating the first 50 years. Yeah, well, this morning on Bowie at Breakfast, we announced our second act for Clyde One Live, and it's Callum Beatty. Yeah, he's going to join Amy McDonald at the OVO Hydro Clyde One on Friday the 31st of May. You can get your tickets now by heading to Clyde1.com. I know that Jim Duffy's excited about that latest announcement as well. Cal Beatty fan. I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I said last week, I love Amy McDonald. I've seen her a couple of times at concert and I've also seen Callum. I think he's brilliant. I think yeah, I love the, the album. I think it's Vandals. He's just bit, he's terrific. So yeah, another fantastic addition to, to, the, to the evening and uh, I'm sure there'll be more to come. Yeah, I've actually not. met him. There you go. Yeah, yeah. He's added to my rock star catalogue. Of course, that's yeah. it. You'll, you'll be getting there. You'll be getting that on the. On, oh, you'll, on have, your, you'll have the VIP treatment tape. there, surely. Oh, yeah, you'll I be taping them. Without doubt. <laughs> uh, yeah, on the Betamax. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, you could meet more stars as well because there are plenty more acts to be announced over the coming weeks. So stay tuned and go to Clyde1.com to get your tickets. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Listen and watch. Check the Twitter feed at Clyde SSB. Your calls on Scottish football. 0141 951 1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Not long to go until kickoff in tonight's big Premiership matches. We will go back to some of the grounds before those games start. I'll give you some team news from the Edinburgh Derby as well. A big game at Xander Clark, who keeps his place in goal for Hearts tonight. Atkinson, Kent, Kingsley and Cochrane, the back four. Newenhoff and Devlin, the two holding midfielders, Vargas, Fraser and Forrest in behind Lauren Shankland. For Hibbs, Marshall in goal, the back four, Miller, Fish, Bashiri and Abita, Mariah Welsh and Newell in midfield, Boyle, Marcondes and Mayolida behind Vente. A derby game. Both teams want to win. The Hibs need a win more. 
Well, I think that, you know, they would look at the Celtic playing the D tonight and they would expect Celtic to win that one. So if Hibs can get a victory, that would put them a point ahead of Dundee and also the top six positions. So I think the minimum requirement for, for Hibs should be the top six. Uh, Dundee are in pole position just now. So, But it would give them a, a good opportunity. Hearts will be looking for the response after their performance. They've been on a phenomenal run, uh, playing some great football, scoring goals. Lauren Shacklin has been exceptional. Uh, and, and at Tynecastle, I think you would expect um, the home team to have uh, that little bit of extra quality. Um, but as I mentioned, I, I seen Hibs at the weekend and actually they played some really good football. Malida, Marcondes, Mar I think, were, were really good players. So they went there tonight with a real attacking side. I think that's one thing you will say about Hibernian tonight. They've went there with a real attacking um, um, team. Um, so I think it'll be a very open game. These games, <laughs> invariably, the, the Edinburgh derby can be a little bit tempestuous yeah. uh, and, uh, you know, not, not always the, the, the most open, attractive game. But I actually think tonight will be different. I think both teams will be giving it a go. Want to, um, you know, Hibs, as I said, to trying to get those points to take them into the top six and Hearts trying to recover from the, the weekend's uh, mauling against Rangers well Richard is on the line we'll speak to him shortly but first of all let's set this up for you too the full time teaser with Universal Interiors East Kilbride where their goal is a better wardrobe slat wall home office or media unit well we were just talking about the Edinburgh Derby so why not have an Edinburgh Derby themed Why question not? thank you to David and Falkirk for this one can you name the eight players who have scored five goals or more in the Edinburgh Derby this century this century eight players who have scored five goals or more in the Edinburgh Derby this century so since the year right. 2000 so, Lauren Shankland Lauren Shankland yes he has five um, Martin Boyle Martin Boyle no um, Boyce Boyce, Boyce is not in there. No, no Liam Boyce. Um, Take another guess each from the two of you. I'm trying to think this century. It's just like, can, can I wait back to I Derek Riordan? Derek Riordan, correct. He has seven. Anthony Stokes? Anthony Stokes, no. Right, we will get back to that. Thanks to Universal Interiors East Bride for... Uh, sponsoring the full-time teaser. Email us your questions at fulltime at clyde1.com. Let's go back to the phones. Richard is a Rangers fan on the line. Richard, how are you feeling about the game tonight? Evening, gentlemen. Uh, very confident. Um, I think there'll be a, a tough, tough game. Um, oh, wait, I, uh, I think it'll be a tough game. Uh, I think it'll be tougher, certainly, than the, the game that we had with Harps. Um what, what I actually wanted to, to talk about, if you don't mind, is we'll go back to your last caller, Simon, from Kilmarnock. And uh, I actually feel a bit of sympathy for the, the teams lower down the league. They never seem to get credit when they play well against the old firm. It's always the old firm have, have hit a dip in form or not played well. You look at um, Motherwell, they played 90 minutes of fantastic football. Unfortunate, in my opinion, to, to not take any points away from the game. Um I know they he sort of brought up the pitch and things like that, but for me, if a team can play good football against the old firm and take something out of it, they, they deserve the credit. Yeah, I think a lot of the times when teams get a result against Celtic Rangers, people just talk about them being well organised and, you know, good defensively, but Kilmarnock have a lot more than that, don't they, in yeah. their side and even more so after the January window as well. 
Yeah, I mean, Richard, uh, you know, you'll know that, uh, that, that if you're if you're with a, a team that's not, you know, one of the the the, the big two in, in Scotland. I've been a manager and and not not too many great results against them. But when you've had the odd good result or good performance, invariably, even getting interviewed after it, people talk about you know you know the 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 whether it's Celtic or Rangers and how poor they were or you know they had an off day or whatever happens to be, and you often get a bit frustrated because you want your team to get the credit. And I think fans. Uh, in particular, think that that's the case more often than not. But that's just because it doesn't happen too often. And they are, you know, newsworthy, if you want to call it that, um, more newsworthy teams. They'll, they'll, they'll cover more more lines. Obviously, Hugh knows that more than anyone else being a journalist, is that, um, you know, when you're when you're selling your newspapers or selling your stories uh, to the media, then, it's the, you know, you're looking for the biggest audience and the biggest audience are with these supporters of these teams. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. Um, it's up to the manager, like Stuart Kettlewell come out after the game of the weekend and say, look, his team were terrific for, for those 90 minutes. But, you know, that they, is the they, problem as well. You can be good for yeah. 90 minutes, but you need to be yeah. good for 96, yes, concentration. And, and, the, and the bigger teams will always try and win the game. You know, a lot of teams, if, if you know, like some other ball at the weekend there, you could see with 20 minutes to go, they're hanging on, they're desperate for that draw because they know it's a, a terrific result for them to get a draw against Celtic. But Celtic won't, Celtic are still going at it, still going at it, trying to get that win. So you have to pay respect to the, the challenges and demands it's that like, the likes of Celtic and Rangers have. They, they have to go and try and get those wins. But Richard, yeah, you're right. They don't often get as much credit as perhaps but, they should do. But there is a very simple journalistic explanation mm. for it all, as Jim has touched upon. When Rangers lost 3-1 to Aberdeen at Ibrox earlier in the season, Richard wasn't asking that Aberdeen get proper respect for what they had done. Richard was one of the people who was booing every player and Michael Beale, and uh, Michael Beale was sacked thereafter. Uh, when Celtic... But that was that was Aberdeen playing well, coupled with Rangers being particularly bad as well. Though. But the but, focus but, would have been more story, on how uh -huh. poor Rangers were. The story is how desperate Rangers were and that Michael Beale's off. That's the story. When Celtic played Motherland Sunday, had Ida and Palmer not scored after 90 minutes, Brendan Rodgers would have been under tremendous pressure. Instead, you get big photographs of Adam Ida and it was all about Celtic's comeback. That is just the nature of the business. There are more Rangers and Celtic fans than any other type and that's why journalistically... The focus is on them. Now, tonight, if Kilmarnock should beat Rangers, then I think that might be slightly different uh, in that Kilmarnock will get this phenomenon, this Ayrshire phenomenon. Kilmarnock against Celtic and Rangers this season. Um, if Rangers win, then the, the focus will be on Philippe Clement, 20 games in charge, the momentum gathering, the title coming into view. It's just the way it is. Is the team as you expected, Richard, or there maybe a couple of surprises in there for you? I, I honestly don't think that you can you can ever pick the Rangers team. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there have been a number of changes made frequently, which shows the strength and depth that we've got. You'd make those changes and still come away with a result. It's, it's, it shows how strong the positioning is for Rangers. Um, so no, I, I'm content with the team. Um, as I say, I don't think that you can ever pick the team, so that you can't really be surprised because... Who knows what's going to happen? Who knows what team will put out? Uh, but I fully, fully expect Rangers to, to take three points this evening from Kilmarnock.
for all the talk of January being a, a tough window and there having to be a bedding in period for players as well, Diamandi and Cortes mm-hmm. starting again, does that just prove that you know they, they've shown Philip Clement what they're capable of? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's mentioned um, time, uh, you know, every time sort of in interviews about that competitiveness and, you know, and supporting teammates as well, you know, that, that, that start the game. That togetherness, and that's been vital. And those two players, I think when you're a new player, if you get that trust for the manager straight away, listen, you're in, you've done well, even though I, I make changes, I'm keeping you guys in the team. Then I think particularly when a new player comes in, that's a fantastic um, uh, trust that, that the manager has in you. Gives you real belief and real confidence to go and perform. Uh, but, but it will be a different type of match tonight for them. There's no question about that. Um, the, the, I think than it was on Saturday. It was such an open game on Saturday. I don't think it'll be quite as open tonight. We'll go back to Celtic Park and Rugby Park next. But I'll get a couple of answers on this teaser for you. Can you name the eight players who have scored five goals or more in the Edinburgh Derby this century since the year 2000? So you have Lauren Shankland and Derek Riordan. Is Mixu Patalainen there? Mixu Patalainen is there. Yes, he scored six. Gary O'Connor? Gary O'Connor is there as well. You've got four out of eight. I'll tell you what, we'll leave it there and we'll go back to those grounds next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hear it. Watch it. Search the YouTube stream now. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Closing in on kick-off in the big games let's go back around the grounds we'll start with Rugby Park Fraser Wishart can give us a taste of things ahead of Kilmarnock against Rangers Yeah, as you can imagine all building quite nicely here both sets of fans coming here in anticipation both teams on a really, really good run of form and I have to say that uh, both sets of fans are, are really looking forward to, to this game it's interesting because Earlier on, Philip Clément spent about 20 minutes watching the team warming up. He was standing by the dugout area. He's out here just now because of the small tunnel. Then you can uh, imagine all the substitutes come out quite early, but he watched every single moment of the warm-up intently, just standing by the dugout. And uh, he's wanting his team to start this game very, very well. You can hear the noise as the Kilmarnock team come out in their white and blue strips to a huge reception from their supporters as well, because it's not only about Rangers tonight it's also about Kilmarnock and this good run of form and can they increase the lead they've got over Simran in fourth place but the Rangers fans in good noise on the side of the pitch to my left filling up that stand and I'm sure only a few months ago they wouldn't have thought they'd be sitting here at the top of the table when Michael Beale was removed from his post and there were so many points behind Celtic but here they are they're sitting here with the games being ticked off and we're heading towards the split and the team's in splendid form. And this is probably one of the games before the, the split and certainly before the end of the season that you think that they might drop points. So a fascinating 90 minutes ahead here at Rugby Park. Yeah, and I'm sure there's going to be a fascinating 90 minutes ahead as well at Celtic Park. Gabriel? Yes, we hope so, Andrew. A miserable evening, though. It is in the east end of Glasgow. Celtic will hope to lift the mood around the place with a convincing victory with free-flowing attacking football on show. It is crucial for them that they do not allow Rangers to extend their two-point lead at the top. They want positivity from the stands. That's what Brendan Rodgers said yesterday. He believes it makes a big difference to the players on the pitch. Of course, some fans audibly booing one of his substitutions a few days ago. Rodgers and the defending champions 
must get it right tonight. Cal McGregor and Joe Shaughnessy just leading their two teams out onto the park as we speak. Uh, I'll give you a quick run through the teams as well. Three changes for Celtic, including Kyogo being dropped to the bench in a place of Adam Eder, who scored twice off the bench at the weekend. So it's Hart in goal, a defence of Johnson, Carter Vickers, Scales and Taylor. Iwata, McGregor and O'Reilly are in midfield. Yang, Eder and Maida are up top. What about Dundee then? They make five changes. Tony Doherty also changing the shape to a 5-4-1. Trevor Carson will be in goal. The defence of McKee, Shaughnessy, Portales, Lamy and Beck. Boateng and Robertson in midfield with McCowan and Bakioko supporting Maine. The light show is in full flow at the moment. Andrew, a big night here in the Premiership. As Fraser was saying, both teams will have an eye on one another. They won't admit it. When the title race is this tight, that's what they'll be doing. The stadium is far from filled out at kickoff, but it won't deter these players on the pitch. They've got to get the business done at the business end of the season, Andrew. A win is all that matters. It's a must win for Celtic. They cannot allow the gap to grow any further than two points this far into the campaign. Just 11 games left to go. Captain Callum McGregor has just joined the huddle to the left-hand side of me with a green light shining down on them as the Celtic supporters hold their green and white scarves above their head. A must-win game. The referee here, Matthew McDermott, just standing over the ball. Kickoff is just moments away. Yes, lots of action to come tonight. Of course, there is another game that we haven't touched on yet, the televised game tonight as well, which is Livingston against Motherwell. Livingston, I know Stuart Kettlewell was really frustrated with how the game ended at the weekend. Yeah. Livingston also in desperate need of any points at well, this point. Well, you know, a big loss for them at Ross County. You know, when they got it back to 2-2, lost 3-2, and uh, the six-point differential remained between the clubs. Um, <sighs> Davy Martindale's on record as saying if he kept Livy up it would be the achievement of his managerial career and he's absolutely correct in that I just think this is the season too far for them they've never throughout the course of the season so far given anyone confidence that they have it within them to stay up this time yeah I mean just the fact that they, they were you know such a poor run but they never really get detached you know the, the other teams never stretched uh, you know any kind of significant advantage Last night we saw Ross County against St Mirren, obviously a lot of controversy with the, the handball decision, uh, the penalty, and all these things can impact teams like Livingston, and I think sometimes uh, it's, it's underplayed because it's not the top teams um, when, when VAR um, affects matches, uh, Andrew, but that th tonight is a huge match, uh, I think, for both teams again. Motherwell, yeah, they have uh, improved uh, recently. Their performances have improved, but they've got to pick up wins. Um, I think Stuart Kettle would, would expect it. They do have more firepower than Livingston. Livingston, again, you know, are playing better, but they just don't seem to score enough goals. I know Bruce Anderson scored a couple up at Ross County, but ultimately they lost that one in the last minute. That might have just knocked the stuffing out of them. It'll be interesting to see the response tonight. Well, those games underway as an eight o'clock kickoff for Livingston against Motherwell. We'll keep you updated on the 7.45 kickoffs uh, before the end of the show. We did want to touch on last night's game, though. One all draw between Ross County and St Mirren. No lack of controversy as well. John is a St Mirren fan in East Kilbride. John, what did you make of it? 
Uh, well, I thanks for actually talking about it because I've been hanging on for nearly two hours now. You know, sorry, John. Uh, you, you mentioned it at the very beginning. Oh, we'll be talking about, but I, I appreciate it's a Rangers Celtic show. You know, if, it, if that if that decision went against Rangers and Celtic, you'd be talking about it for forever. That's <laughs> an item, you know. So, um, anyway, 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 nothing changes there. You know, so no, it was it was it was a, it was a good game, a very good game. And uh, some undeserved a draw. They could have won at the end where uh, Scott were disappointed in him. You know, we've got him up for England and uh, I know he's been injured and hasn't he kicked him off for a while, but he missed a sitter at the very end there, right through in the keeper, you know. But they scored a very good equaliser, brilliant with Olisanya. He was a substitute of the match, you know, beat the defence for speed there. No question that VAR interfering. But talk about VAR interfering. I mean, that penalty, the guy went up, I've watched that a hundred times now, right? And uh, even the Chris Boyd, Chris Boyd was really, really angry about it, you know. And I, I thought for a minute, does he think that's a, a decision against Rangers? And it's really at Murray with Ross County was that, you know. But anyway, uh, Chris Sutton was on, on as well, uh, you know. So, um, but uh, no, it was ridiculous because the guy went with his arm up, right, first of all, right. So you could say it's a natural, unnatural position, but he leaked up with a one arm up, the one arm that hit his fist, the ball hit his fist, or he hit the ball, even if it's no deliberate. And then it bounced off his head and no penalty. They, but the thing about it, if, if anybody could tell me here, if you know anything about that game or, or VAR and the rest of it, people are saying, uh, they said that the presenters and all that said, uh, McFadden and that, you know, that VAR didn't look at that. Yeah, um, I think the, the understanding is essentially that I think the VAR looked at the shirt pool and I don't know whether mm-hmm. while looking at the shirt pool they decided that wasn't a penalty and went check complete and play went on and they just hadn't looked at the handball. VAR manages to throw up even more baffling ways to give us mm. debate and things to talk about. Could you quite believe that one last no, night? I, I watched it. I don't think I disagree with John. He said it was a great game. I don't think it was a great game any stretch of the imagination, but I agree wholeheartedly, John, if it was a, a, a handball or a, a VR decision uh, you know, involving uh, Celtic or Rangers, you're right that we would be talking about it for weeks, but... Nevertheless, it could impact uh, St Myrne's uh, position in terms of the top six. I don't think it will. I think that they've got enough in the bank to do that. But it was a 100% a penalty. There's no doubt about it. The fact that VER didn't look at it completely baffles us. Uh, it's just a, it's a mistake. I think they've just got to come out and admit it 100%. It was a mistake. Um, you're right, Andrew. They said they were looking at the shirt pool and then and then and then you know told the referee to continue. But I still, I still think even the referee should have seen it. Should have needed that for me. The referee has got to have looked at that. His hand was well above his head. It's not as if it's just landed. And we've seen so many contentious handball decisions this year. That wasn't one of them. That was one of the most obvious ones um, you could possibly give. So how they never saw it, and you know how they they they, they you know they. they uh, you know, is is beyond me, be honestly. And I think you can see the the guys last night who were talking about it, James McFadden, Chris Boyd, etc. They were exasperated of how poor a decision it was. Jim, Jim has dealt with that incident in isolation. In general terms, when VAR came into our lives, it came in with the slogan: "Minimum interference, mm-hmm. maximum efficiency." That is anything but the truth of the matter. I know that there are bad VAR decisions in England, wherever you want to go, all over the world. I'm just talking about our country, our game, and I don't think that VAR has enhanced our game one little bit. I think it's messed up our game, and it's all we talk about. 
Uh, and it's a shame because you know, things are being missed. Games are being materially influenced by mistakes. And for me, VAR has done nothing for Scottish football. John, it's impossible to tell what kind of impact that would have had on the game. But, you know, as a team that are looking in a good position for top six, but it's certainly not secured, is that the worry that, you know, these types of decisions can, you know, maybe determine where St Mirren end up this season? Yeah, of course, of course it could. But going back to what you're saying, you're saying they've looked at the shirt pool. Can you tell me who was pulling the shirt? Who was fouling who? Was it a defender fouling? Well, well according manager? according to the VAR, no, no one, there, no one was fouling anyone. <laughs> but it was there was no there was no shirt pool at all. There was, no, there, nothing, was. there was just nothing. There was no foul. Wasn't the only foul was a guy punching or no? Couldn't get out well, the, the, the shot pool was on the St. Mirren yeah. player. The, the shot pool yeah. was on the St. Yeah. Mirren player, yeah. so yeah. they, they were checking they, for they a penalty. They could have given a penalty, for, John, for St. Mirren for the shot pool. If somebody pulls your shot, yeah. pulls a St. Mirren player in the penalty box, yeah. is that no a penalty? Yes. So two reasons then we, we, we get nothing out of that. Yeah. So, so should bad, should St. Mirren feel doubly aggrieved then, look at, then Jim? So they looked at the guy getting the shirt pulled and decided, oh, no, he didn't fancy that shirt, so I'll let him have it, no? <laughs> yeah, they didn't see that it was uh, impacted enough uh, to, to, you know, give give the decision. But you're right, John, you know, it was so frustrating. They could have gave it for the, the, the shirt pull and they definitely should have given it for the handball. But either way, they didn't give it. It could affect St Mun, you know, chance for getting into Europe, but it could also affect the fact is if St Mun would have been on, it was, that would have made it one each, but on to win that game, then it could have a big impact on the relegation for either Ross County or Livingston or St Johnson or any of these other teams that are down there. I tell you what, I wish we had more time to talk about that, but it has been a busy night. We'll need to leave that there, John. There has been a goal at Celtic Park. Brendan Rodgers talked about the importance of Cameron Carter-Vickers and he has already scored a header from a Matt O'Reilly free kick. Celtic are 1-0 up. Rangers have started well against Kilmarnock as well. Need to finish off this teaser. Name the eight players who have scored five goals or more in the Edinburgh Derby since 2000. You have Shanklin, Patalainen, O'Connor and Riordan. Rudy Skatchel. Rudy Skatchel, yes. Yeah, I remember the big Dutch one that uh, he was talking about. Matt de Vries. Matt de Vries. Two more to go. Not much time. Paul Hartley. Paul Hartley, correct. One, Hibbs. Uh, and the guy, the shy, retiring, Jason <laughs> Cummings. There we go, Jason Cummings. There we go. Well done on the teaser. Of course, we will be back tomorrow night. Gordon Duncan will be in the studio. And all the reaction to tonight's big games. A huge night of Scottish football. I'm sure there will be plenty of talking points. Remember, if you want to catch up on the show, you can listen back wherever you get your podcasts or you can watch the whole thing back on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter by searching Clyde1SSB. And stay right there because it's Callum Gallagher up next. <laughs>